Hello, everyone. This is JVL here with my best friend, Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark. Sarah, I get us. I'm going to ask you some big, important life questions, but we're going to save those until later in the show. Okay. But I'll give you a preview. It has to do with having a basketball hoop at your house, because I assume this is something you grew up with. It is. Okay. So tuck that away in the back of your mind. Uh, let's talk about how great Liz Cheney is. We're going to do a supersized three-hour show of The Secret, and we're going to talk about nothing but Liz Cheney and what it means that she, and what she did wrong, and, and the anti-anti-Trump reaction. I'm kidding. Uh, we, I am trying to set the table that we've spent the whole week doing important Liz Cheney coverage at the Bulwark, which I think was was very uh, right and proper. It's a big story, and what she's done is important. Uh, but also, I'm kind of chained out. It's Friday. I mean, it's not really Friday. We're taping on Thursday afternoon, but I feel like it's Friday, and I feel like we need to like look around the rest of the world. Is that okay? Yeah, I did. I did. No disrespect. I did. No C-SPAN. disrespect to Liz. Cheney. I did C-SPAN. I did Tapper. I did PBS. And then this morning I did Morning Joe, and then I did CNN, and it was all about Liz Cheney. And I have I am fresh out of Liz Cheney takes. I have I have one question about C-SPAN because I have not done C-SPAN in 15 years. But uh, my understanding was that in the olden days, when it was like Brian Lamb, they did not like it if you were dismissive of their callers. That you you had to be super duper respectful of every crank and idiot who who called in. Do you think I was disrespectful to their I don't callers? Think, no, I don't think you were disrespectful. But I do not think that you accorded any respect to the insane people. Like, for instance, when somebody called in and said, you, you said, sir, literally nothing that you just said was true. And you then proceeded to dismantle them in ways in which in the old days, I think C-SPAN would have been not tolerant of. But on the other hand, in the old days, C-SPAN has always had crazy callers, but they wouldn't have had this level of crazy. They would not have had people calling in to say that the moon is made of cheese and the sky is purple and uh, I, the earth is flat. I so Will Salatan sent the C-SPAN clip with like uh, the section cut out like like uh, and sent it and I hadn't rewatched it and so I did see myself and I was a little uh, perplexed I I did I was not um, as accommodating as I could have been there. Uh, I, you can see me get mad. I see my. I, I was so deep in the episode at that point. You were like, great. Like, no, this I, none of this is a criticism of you. You were pitch perfect. You were respectful, but taking I no did, nonsense, no, I did say, and you were I laying said, down the literally law. Literally, nothing you just said is true. Yes, and, and no, I'm all all exactly right. The uh, China I'm just virus wondering, that we haven't investigated. Why Fauci got? Yeah, I'm just asking. Did the producers give any sort of crackback on that? Where they, they were like, they you know, when they afterwards, you know, Miss Longwell, we really try to respect our our callers a little bit more. Uh, they they were totally cool with it. I yeah, I actually took. I when I watched the clip, I, then I got a call from like, of course, a Democrat who was like. You seem like a very intelligent young lady or something, you know, like whatever to close it out. And I was like, I think they let that guy through. They can see I was done being like yelled at by people. Um, 
about the crazy stuff, maybe. Yeah. C-SPAN has always had nuts. I mean, I remember, gosh, I remember, do you remember Bob Barr? No relation to Bill Barr. Do you remember, remember Congressman Bob yeah. Barr from Georgia? I remember him being on an episode of C-SPAN with a an even more conservative caller who called in and used an a racial epithet with him and like Brian Lamb furiously trying to God, it, it, C-SPAN's Wild West, but people weren't as crazy as they once were. Uh, well, I, I appreciate I, that so many listeners went and watched the C-SPAN clip. Uh, it was great. It was great. And uh, now I think we can finally put to bed any charges that uh, my occasional in good fun caricaturing of certain segments of the American population is at all an exaggeration uh, because it's all no it's it's based in truth mm. yeah uh, Cletus is real okay okay <laughs> okay Wait, uh, this is, you know what can I just say one thing because I, I actually get um I released uh, a just for Bullard plus members so if you're listening to this you have access to it I I, I released early a little segment of the focus group pod that'll come out on Saturday with me and Mark Caputo from NBC about uh, two groups we did where they talked about the um, search of Trump's house. Uh, I mostly, uh, I, I, I said at the beginning, I was like, are we calling it a raid? And Caputo was like, definitely a raid. And so I went with raid and I got a lot of blowback for raid. Maybe I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, but, look, it's a colloquial expression. They were executing a search warrant. It's yeah, not you know, a raid I, is something different, but somebody, somebody made the point that it was like buying into Trump's framing. And I, I actually think that's sort of true. I'm calling it a search okay. from here on out. Look, I, I, as I have been pretty careful to only refer it as the execution of a search warrant, but the idea of like it's playing to Trump's that is the least of our worries. Don't don't worry about that. This I'm is, not worried. I just thought it was fine. a fair. I just thought it was a fair point. Yeah, fair, um, fair, fair from, point from our very smart uh, listeners. Um, why did I bring this up? Uh, because you should go listen to it if you haven't. Um, I have not. I mean, but it hasn't come across my feed. I'll have to go and refresh my feed. A, we sent out an email about it. Uh, okay, I'll but, have to go um, look. It is. It is it is interesting. Um, have we talked about this? That like, so we had two groups. A and they were they're both a little swingy. Um, and one of them was a uh, a group. So one was a group in Florida um, of people who did not vote for Trump in 2016, but did vote for him in 2020. And then one of them was a group in Pennsylvania that. Uh, did vote for him in 2016, but didn't vote for him in 2020. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. There are people who didn't vote for him in 2016, but then jumped on board for 2020. There are lots of these people, JVL. If you listen to my episode with Amy Walter, it's all about who. It's all about the buckets of people who Trump brought into his orbit. And and this is another group that there. It's a it's an interesting group. We we focus a lot on the the people. The, the Wait, Trump were they Hillary voters? So yeah, just so, non-voters. So right. So a little bit of both. So there were okay. two that were Hillary voters. Because um, I understand non-voters. I don't yeah. understand Hillary voters who then decided, boy, you know, this the Trump stuff's even better than I thought. <laughs> the most MAGA person in there was a uh, was somebody who voted for Hillary and switched to Trump, and she was somebody who um, just sort of she said, "I didn't know about politics, and when Trump got in, I started to learn about politics." And did our research. I know, and now I know. And 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 so she's a super MAGA. Uh, and I actually, just on on that on that point, um, it 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 was a reminder to me. It's funny how these things can tell, still surprise you or or sort of illuminate something that maybe you kind of knew, but I hadn't thought about it very precisely. 
which is how much Trump as like an inter because he made politics more entertaining, how many new people sort of came to him because they were like, oh, this is fun now. Like I, I can be angry and I can I'm this is like I'm I'm into this as like a reality show. It's a lifestyle then, brand. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. And, or, and, it's, like and, I'm, it's like getting a salt life tra- sticker for the back of your truck. Right. And there right. was a guy who one of the guys had written in Rubio, uh, some third uh, Joe Jorgensen person uh, or no, not Jorgensen, but somebody who got libertarian. You know, there's like a it was like a bunch of different things. And then it was like a, people who didn't vote who were like, it was just too important. I had to start voting. Um, and that was pretty that was like the groups that we've done like this before. There's it's just a couple of some some Hillary and then people that got brought in. Um, and they were, uh, if, if we haven't talked about this already, it's just worth talking about a little bit, um, how much these voters were. <laughs> so the, the, the ones that voted for Trump in 2020 were much more skeptical of the FBI and DOJ, but like firmly skeptical, uh, like they didn't trust the FBI one bit. Um, they thought that, they had, like the first answer, I mean, like clockwork with the, what about it was like, well, why haven't they raided the Clintons? Um, and it was like, what, it, what about Obama? Obama has all these records just sitting in a, I guess, an abandoned restaurant warehouse or something. Or ba- <laughs> I, I like, I don't even know where they're getting this information. Um, and then the the Pennsylvania group that didn't vote for Trump, though, they were less hostile toward the FBI, but they all thought it was going to help Trump. And um, one of the things that I, I just want to point out, because this is something that a lot of people are talking about, right, is like, this is going to help Trump. Um, and I think there is this short-term rally round Trump effect that is happening that I think is is pretty interesting on this whole bigger question of like, is Trump's grip on the GOP slipping? Because I, for a long time now, have been saying ever since the January 6th committee that I did feel like Trump the man was losing some altitude, not Trump the phenomenon, because that's obviously gaining steam. Um but, but you know, there's just a lot fewer people that were interested in seeing him run in 2024. I don't think that people are coming back permanently. And in fact, in the Florida group, this is like the main point I wanted to make that I thought was interesting. And I know it dovetails with something that you want to talk about. As, as hostile as they were to the FBI, they also head to head, they, they wanted DeSantis. Uh, there was only one person who wanted Trump over DeSantis. Interesting. Interesting. They're in Florida. That is interesting. Uh, well, so we we talk about that. Can I can I can I take a brief detour? Sure. Just just I, uh, I would like to share a personal story that I think you will find amusing. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned the the Hillary voter who who went Trump, and I have an anecdote from my own life that is, is a lesson that I have have kept to me, which is that the. A lot of what it is, is, is about not so much the political mindset, but the authoritarian mindset. So I went to, for elementary school, a Quaker school, which was the most hippie school imaginable. I loved it. It was great. Um, but it's run by the Quakers. It was very tiny. Uh, this is like 1982. Uh the entire school and faculty voted for Jimmy Carter. Uh, you know, everything was about UNICEF and peace and Earth Day. And uh, it was great. It was great. I, I don't mean any any disrespect. I love my Quaker education. The most hippie person there was the music teacher. It was so hippie that we were the students all called the teachers by their first names. Oh, that's that's how hippie it was. Which is like yeah. a thing people do now. Yeah. Yeah. Like when my, I went kid, to public my school, kids 
call their teachers by their first names, which I find. Yeah. When I eventually rolled into public school in seventh grade and immediately called my teacher by the first name, they were not amused and they mm. did not believe me when I they said, why would you do that? And I said, that's what we're supposed to do. That's how you address teachers. And they, they didn't. Anyway, the point is the mo the biggest hippie there was the music teacher, Teacher Marcy. And she wore like the peasant blouses and the long flowing skirts. And she was super into folk music and she played an auto harp. It would, do you ever see the Chris Guest movie, A Mighty Wind? No, oh, I love that movie. She was a character out of A Mighty Wind. Uh, but she was also like I now looking back on it, of course, I just assumed she was old. But looking back on it, she's probably like 30. You know, she was she wasn't actually old. old. Right. Uh, but she was this tiny little hippie despot who, you know, everything had to be done exactly her way. And, you know, she's like a little martinet in dealing with like first graders in music class. And, you know, I did not cotton to teacher Marcy because I was a little anti-authority figure uh, even then. You know, one, one day teacher Marcy said to me, uh, you know, if, if you would rather be doing something else, why don't you leave? And I just took that as an earnest invitation that I could leave class. And so I just left and I, you know, went somewhere else in school and read. And turns out she was not being earnest. She was being sarcastic. Anyway, unimportant. What's important is that uh, four years ago, my best friend rediscovered Teacher Marcy on Facebook, and she is now an elderly divorcee living in Florida who is full on the Trump train. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like her entire Facebook feed is, gotta stop the Mexican rapists and blah, 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 blah. And the answer is because what attracted her, it's, it's the same, the personality that just like, likes the authoritarian aspects of it. And so I believe the idea of there being Hillary too. Maybe she just doesn't like Mexican kind of, rapists. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, all that is is my long aside to get into what you were saying about uh, the development we have today, which is Alec Jones, Alex Jones jumping off the Trump train and endorsing DeSantis. Now, I would ask my anti-anti-Trump friends who believe that uh, Ron DeSantis is the path to to normalcy that you fusion, can't get fusion you, candidate you can't get to post trump without being sort of trump you got to go through that middle step first if alex jones the insane person who uh who has just lost a colossal court battle over his uh insane lies about the sandy hook shooting if he is now on the desantis train with you does that make you more or less confident that you are on the right path. <laughs> Here's what's funny to me about Alex Jones coming out for Ron DeSantis. Is this is the kind of thing that in our previous political lives, a politician in good standing would reject the endorsement of. Yeah. It would be like, oh, the, the gay frogs guy, probably not like an ambassador that 